Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. And I am positive Chuck Mockler. And we're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast. Just a couple of best friends and Clipper credential media folks. We're bringing you locked on Clippers, but when? <laughs> Five days a week, Monday through Friday. Kill some windshield time. Make us your first listen. Or if you're working from home, listen to it while you make some breakfast. Seven in the morning, we bring you all the Clippers news. And weirdly enough, there's not a game to preview or break down today. So we're just going to be talking, you know, what you say. Yeah, every single Wednesday we do What You Say Wednesday. Basically, we put a poll out on Twitter. We want to know what you think about a given subject. This one is all about the Clippers and should they make a trade this season with an eye for next year to maybe complete the roster, maybe try to avoid losing assets, uh, walking away for nothing. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, Fantastic stuff to get into there. And then uh, with Patrick Beverly's return with the Timberwolves uh, to Staples, I, or crypto.com rather, geez, look at me. Uh, wow, how unprofessional, I apologize. Uh, it it kind of got me wondering about the Clippers sort of eternal search for a point guard. Um, I actually think where we're at is pretty good, uh, but we'll talk a little bit about like basically how that position has kind of gone in this Kawhi and PG sort of era. Uh, and then in shavings, which is just kind of where we wrap up everything else. And then we're going to be taking a look at teams most affected by players with injuries. And also it was like, announced today that Xavier Moon got another 10-day contract with the Clippers. Uh, so we got to dig into that. New fan favorite. So all that and more coming up right about now. You are Locked On Clippers. Your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes. So welcome to What You Say Wednesday. We put a poll out over on Locked On Clips. You can vote on it on Tuesday. Sometimes it's a fun one. Sometimes it's a serious one. This one's a little bit in the middle. This was inspired by Joseph Fry Award, actually. Um, This is the trade for this year, or excuse me, trade for next year, this year edition. The question was, should the Clippers make a trade this season to have a more complete roster for next year? Um, straight up. Thank you to everyone who voted. This one was split. We had 52% yes, 48% no, down to the wire. Will, where would you have voted or perhaps where did you vote in this poll? Um, look, it's really difficult to assess. I would probably still lean towards no. Mm -hmm. Um, I just... It's it's so hard to assess like a season where Paul George, Batum, and Marcus Morris have played all of four and a half minutes together. Um, <laughs> Gee, is it really you know, just four and a half? <laughs> yeah, according to Tamer, yeah, um, that makes sense. So, like, it's just difficult for me to to get a good enough gauge on on what we have to want to shake anything up, especially you know if you're talking about something bigger. And if you're just talking about like sort of an on the margins move, um, I, I think it's interesting. It's just like, what does it look like? Like, is it surge? Because then I'm definitely more in that yes category. So I can kind of see why people were so split on this one, because I, I feel like I feel like if it's surge, then the answer is probably yes. Um, a lot of people said it, that. A lot of people just in the replies in, were like, if it's just surge, in, let's do it. <laughs> Yeah, well, because just looking at the expiring contracts, you know, and I mean, Bledsoe isn't fully guaranteed for next year. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, though, if you've gotten enough sample size to want to, uh, you know, just ditch another another guard. Maybe that's what we'll do every season now. Um, (laughs) But yeah, like in a vacuum, like 
it, I just am not really seeing a move that's substantial enough to be made at this trade deadline. It also, it's really hard to project. I mean, look, so basically for the most part, everyone on the Clippers is coming back contract-wise, except for Hartenstein, uh, Amir, uh, and Serge, if, you know, whatever happens with that. So we kind of have a pretty, you know, we talked about it last season, like we're running the same core, like eight or nine guys back for three years, basically. And next year will be kind of the last year where everyone's like fully together and all that good stuff. Um, I think I'm in the no column too. I'm also even in the no column if it was Serge, because I'm not sure what we get for Serge Ibaka, who isn't expiring, who's making like $9 million, almost $10 million. Like what team is giving us an asset or like, you know what I mean? It'd be like, somebody looking to it'd, it'd be somebody looking to ditch long term salary, and and that nine million number is you know it's it's, it's kind like of goofy. a tricky number, yeah, because you're not getting like you know it's the it's like the non taxpayer exemption or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a filler contract, so, basically. Kind of, I mean, like, yeah, kind of, not like not to be disparaging, but like you're, you know, it's not the something amount. that's gonna, yeah, 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 is what I meant. It's yeah. it's not something that's going to completely wow you, and I don't even know. I don't even know if you can get like a long-term backup center uh, like right now at this trade deadline. That's actually a great concern because Hart might not be back next season. Serge doesn't seem like he's back next season. So we're just back to this need for a backup center after after this year. Um, The no votes, Yeti Moose said no. Due to every team having absences, the trades available this year will only be wonky that don't quite work out right, which I think I agree with. There's a there's there's like these kind of like half known like quantities out there with all the health and safety stuff and things like that. So it seems like a lot of teams are just like, let's get through this. And that's where the Clippers are. Like you look at that stat, yeah. three and a half minutes of our best players together. We're just trying to get through this right now. <laughs> like, and we still don't have PG for a couple of weeks. Um, Drunken Trent said, what makes the roster more complete? Aside from a backup five under contract for next year, who's falling off the books? What's the move that improves our rotation talent? Doesn't seem obvious. This is a grass is always greener situation. Because I do think if this team is fully healthy and we run everyone back, say Surge comes back, um, you know, they figure out whatever's going on there and we still maybe lose Hartenstein. This team without Hartenstein fully healthy is still a contender. It's it's still very much. Are you, you know, kidding? This team is like playoffs. a this team is a favorite. Yeah. So I like say. I like this point because it's like there isn't an obvious move. It's not like, oh, we need this kind of guy to do this specific thing for the Clippers because we have such ball dominant wings that it's like it's not a point guard thing. We are we're trying to shore up wing depth. So we've tried to do that pretty well. Um, hopefully we but, just bring him your coffee next year to be, you know, more wing depth. So it's like, yeah, I'm not really sure what's out there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I like this take. I mean, it definitely is kind of a grass is greener thing. Uh, it seems like and we'll talk more about the guard situation in the next segment. But mm-hmm. I mean, the names that are floated, if if it's not like Surge or Zoo, the names that seem to be floated are always like Canard and Bled, uh, some kind of variation of that. Um, and yeah, I just I, I don't know that I'm seeing the upgrade that's available. Um, and, you know, the other team does have to say yes. So that was the uh, other is, issue. Is the other factor. There were a couple of replies. Clipper Mitch said, absolutely got to trade Bledsoe and Ibaka. 
We're over the cap and won't be able to sign any high-priced free agents. That's $27 million expiring that we can turn into someone that can help now in the future. I mean, like, contract-wise, sure. But no team is who has a player who makes $27 million for next year and the year after that is going to be like, yeah, we'll take Serge and Eric Bledsoe off your hands. Already elite Clippers roster. You know, like, there's not going to be teams yeah. who are going to want to help us out. For those two guys. And I think Bledsoe, dude, he's earned to stay on this team. He's other than the game, the last game. Like he was a nominee for Western. Yeah, Coast that last game was a dud. Yeah. But like he's he's stepped up. Um, I just like LA Clips Forum said we could trade Surge for some kind of asset. It's just like we're just in a rock and a hard place. And a lot of teams are with Hasp and all this stuff. And I mean, the Clippers, this team's kind of designed around what Kawhi wanted, right? Like when we think about it, like he yeah. has, we have to assume he has some input and this is the team he wants right now. And I only, there's only Surge who I would not be super heartbroken to see go away in terms of actual value too. Cause like Hartenstein, we're not getting anything because he makes so little, but like everyone else who's above Surge's payroll, we kind of really need. Yeah. Unless. Yeah, I don't know. Unless you worry about Morris's long-term health and you want to try to Which make a move fair. there. But I, I also think that looking at this team's wing depth, I still think that he's so needed. I don't know that you're getting... I don't know what the move is if you're, if you're going to get somebody you know, that, that's going to be an upgrade uh, with better availability on the same amount of money. Yeah, we'll it's have, like, give us the better version of Marcus Morris, please. <laughs> like, that's what I we're mean, asking. It, I also think another thing that's sort of like influencing people's like want to make a deal is definitely the team's 500 record right now, like being 19 and 19. And some of the play has looked really bad. But like we have the third, I believe we have the third highest payroll in the league. And we have what, like 11 guys who are not playing. Yeah, so like over a hundred million dollars in those like scenarios are it's gonna look bad yeah yeah very much so yeah when you're talking you have two max contracts <laughs> on your bench your team probably isn't very good <laughs> yeah two max contracts and then everyone else who's a big contributor to your team is also out um thank you to everyone who voted this is going to remain a contention a point of contention for clippers fans this season i think um hopefully we get through january looking okay um we'll see what happens come the trade deadline Coming up, we are going to be diving into the eternal Clippers search for a point guard, as uh, my co-host put it, which is a fantastic way to say it. But first, we got to give a shout out to Truebill. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but free trials actually renew without your consent because it's a business scam. Terrifying. It's out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subs you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to 720 bucks a year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockdownNBA. Go right now, Truebill.com slash LockdownNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockdownNBA. Okay, so we're back. And we're talking about the Clippers' eternal search for a point guard. <laughs> Look, it's been <clears throat> sort of the narrative surrounding the Clippers the previous two seasons that they need a quote-unquote real point guard. And I think even last year, the Clippers sort of fell into the trap of, of maybe believing that as yeah. well, um, <laughs> which you know I don't think was quite right. So I, I want to take a look uh, at the 
at the point guard position through the Kawhi and Paul George years. And really what sp- like what kind of spurred my interest in this was just Patrick Beverly was talking post game and he said that he maybe felt that like what he does was unappreciated. And I don't know that he was speaking directly like of the Clippers front office mm-hmm. so much as like the perception of him as a player in general. Okay. Uh but is this fair? Like is this a fair comment? It's because when I first read it, I was kind of like, whoa. And then I, you know, I took a step back from it. I don't think he's talking about the fans. Fans love Pat Bev, and he knows that. There's no um, way he could feel yeah. un, like underappreciated, underappreciated by the by fans. The fans. Um, you know, he talked about how like PG and Kawhi take a lot of credit for things, which for when, sure. I, when I read they get that, the shine. Yeah, they get the shine because they are Kawhi and PG. I also don't think they take the credit. I think they get the credit. Those are two different things, <laughs> two very different things. But I think it is fair. I think. The Rondo trade, dude, if you're Pat Bev, that Rondo trade has to put a bad taste in your mouth. Like, yeah, it's disrespect. And like, it wasn't an availability thing because it's not like Rondo has been wildly available before that point, Um, you know, for like the Bledsoe trade. I think the Bledsoe trade maybe rubbed him the wrong way, too. I, I But to answer your question, I think it has to be directed to front office. <laughs> like, I think it absolutely yeah. has to be. Look, and I, I think that that. Look, I, I do think that there is like some misconceptions about like his game and what he can contribute. Very underappreciated. Um, so I, I do think that that is fair. I also just feel like as much as I love Pat and like it, it pains me to say it, like the availability was an issue. You know, we didn't have him at a hundred percent in the nineteen twenty playoffs for the whole thing, mm-hmm. uh, which you know it would have been a big factor. And like last year, he was great in the playoffs, but he only, you know, he, he had the 37 appearances and I, I don't know, like it, it's hard, it's hard to get past that. And then I think if you're a Clippers fan, if you watched that last game, uh, at, played at what was still Staples then, um, against the Suns and how that ended with Patrick Beverly and Chris Paul, sure. I, I think you knew that he was not coming back next year like yeah. the moment that happened i you know like i felt like everyone in the press row was like, like oh <laughs> that is i mean that that's patrick beverly's like last game as a clipper yeah um damn and i think that like he maybe does have the skill set um absolutely like, he had so, 14 assists last night like he, he he knows how to play quote unquote you know real point guard stuff which i think is true it's just, you know, he was on a team with Kawhi and PG with a bunch of wings. So, like, like we talked about last time, like, ball-dominant guys. So, that kind of makes it weird if you're Bev. But he kind of fixed his game so he could shoot a lot more. Like, it's, yeah. it just came down to availability. Like, it's I, I I agree with that. Because I think that this front office did know what they had in Bev. And, I mean, like, the, you know, the health was definitely the biggest concern. Uh, yeah. I mean... It, it is a big deal. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not like it's a trivial but thing. Something that's been interesting with this team, though, is like, I mean, we'll talk more about the Rondo trade, but like making trades for guards that demand the ball in their hands more that are quote unquote like true point guards doesn't make any sense really at all to me, given like having Kawhi and Paul George. Like, yeah. It, like I don't get why there's been this push and this isn't just like an outside thing or a media thing. I mean, like clearly we see it happen in the front office uh, to get guards that are, you know, like more ball dominant um, that I I don't think are a pair for 
you know, our regular starting lineup when, when healthy. Yeah. And I think even Paul George alluded to that a bit when he was talking about those comments about doc, uh, what feels like decades ago. And he was like, I was kind of standing in the corner, like all that stuff. That's what it turns into is star players who are usually ball dominant, who deserve to have the ball in their hands more than maybe the, the point guard who like can direct an offense, but that's not what the offense should be designed around. Like that's why Ty Lue has been so great because there's a lot more motion. There's a lot more ball movement. Well, there should be a lot more ball movement. Um, and yeah, when it comes to the playoffs, like who do you want the ball in their hands? Your point guard or Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, like in an offense that's actually built for them. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, the offense can hit lulls. I mean, last year though, great half court offense. Yes. Um, Peaking so, at the right and, time yeah. in the playoffs before you know, all that bullshit happened in Utah. Um, yeah. So that is absolutely, I mean, that that's a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So let's look at these kind of, so like past we had Patrick Beverly, um, you know, yeah. 37 appearances, not really a lot. Um, Lou Will, who was involved in the trade for He Who Shall Not Be Named, where we gave a bunch of assets that made absolutely no point. Um, but, you know, it, once the pick and roll with him and Trez kind of went away, it was tough to see how he would contribute to overall playoff winning basketball. Like he could score great, but playoff basketball comes around. It gets a little harder to have Lou Will on the court. I I agree. And this was another one of those ones that was so difficult for me. Like truly. Oh, yeah. I mean, just one, one of my favorite players, one of my favorite NBA dudes, probably uh, <laughs> yeah. just in general, but yeah, man, like it, he doesn't have a game that's really built for the playoffs. If you want to have like a, this sort of deep run, if you needed to win four rounds, like at this point in his career, like is Lou Williams, that guy. And I think that, you know, Rondo in the bubble season that, you know, like, which we're going to talk about, we're at some point, we're all going to like talk about how bizarre that was. Yeah. Um, Get wasted and talk about how the bubble is the worst period of basketball of all of our lives. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So like, I, I see I, that's the only thought process I can understand is like they saw, OK, well, like he does still have the playoff uh, acumen. Sure. Um, despite like not having the ability. Still a bad move, but I can like, uh, I guess a little bit understand it, except for the ball dominant thing. Yes. And we also have to assume the Kawhi asked for it. Yeah. I yeah. think that's part of it. He talked about wanting high IQ guys and all that other stuff. And so they, that's true. That did happen. Like, right. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they went and got the. The, he's a very smart player. He's just not effective anymore. Um, then we had Landry Shamit, who is bad at point. Like, not yeah, a point guard. Yeah, n- not a point. He's he's a shooting guard firmly. Um, you know, he he averaged 9-2-2 two, and two in his last season uh, with the Clippers. But looking, I mean, this is going to bleed into sort of like what our current backcourt situation is. I think you make that trade. And I, I oh, just the think the Canard trade, yeah, a hundred percent. You make you, that like trade. you have you have to make that trade. Canard's like the it's, best three point shooter in the league. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know, Larry was good. We saw him uh, with a little bit of a decline. He had like a knock uh, that like a persistent wrist knock that happened. I, I mean, I didn't expect at the time of the trade for Luke Canard to make a jump on defense, but right. I mean that is also a factor. I mean, the only reason to stay with Shaman is like may, you you save something like three million dollars a year. Like it's not. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, like it's 
it, it would help, but not for a team that's already hard capped. Like at that point, it's kind of like, yes, who, I mean, exactly. Who cares? That's yeah. Steve Ballmer's money. I, I don't care at this point. Um, so I let's let's talk a little bit like just for context, like where we're at right now. You got Reggie. He's having a, a you know, efficiency wise, a roller coaster of a season. He's averaging <laughs> 17, three and four. You got Bledsoe. He's at 10, four and four, which is pretty close to what we said should be the magic number mm-hmm. for this team to win. That was based on that that was assuming more health than the than the clippers have had uh and then canard at 12 3 and 2 and i just like we'll talk a little bit more about each of these guys but i just want to say like if we're being realistic is this version of the clippers backcourt just about as good as it's gonna get i mean when you contextualize the salary constraints that we're up against and you know the available point guards or the you know the teams that are willing to make a deal with the assets that we have uh, yes, unless we somehow get John Wall on a vet min, like, and add him to this, like, there's not, I mean, what do we want to add a, a third max guy who's a point guard? I do not see that really working out for the Clippers. No, that seems like a terrible move. Like, that would be bad, and it would gut our depth and stuff like that. So, I think you're right. I hadn't even actually thought about the, you know, the point guard era with, in relation to the Kawhi and PG run, but... I think this is it, man. Like, I think you're right. Bled's not even fully guaranteed next year for his salary. So that makes things a little interesting with what's going to happen with him. Um, yeah. But no, like Reggie's, when catch and shoot Reggie is here, it's amazing. Um, and when catch and shoot Reggie and Bled share the floor, it's great. It gets a little wonky when it's kind of wannabe ball dominant Reggie, um, which makes total sense because he is very he's shifty. He can go north, south. That's good. We need that. It's just also kind of what Bled does, but less bruising as Bledsoe does it but and then Kennard on the bench like no I think you're right man like this is this is as good as the point guard situation and I don't know if there's any sense should be for the Clippers right now I'm not sure what other point we can bring in who would maximize this team because we need defense and we need availability and yeah we kind of have that bled and like yeah and I mean like I I don't know we're nowhere we were nowhere near the hunt for like Alonzo ball or even like an Alex Caruso or something yeah. in the off season. So it's, it's just kind of, yeah, man, I, th- I think it might be a situation where it's, you know, we have, we have a backcourt at home and this is the backcourt at home. <laughs> it is a really good backcourt though. Like, <laughs> um, no, I think that's totally legit. And I like, I mean, you talk about fan favorites. If they traded Reggie Jackson, <laughs> this fan base, would rightfully be furious um, after yeah. what, you know, all the things he said and just how he's been embraced. But no, I think we're right. This is who we're riding with. Um, I think the most likely to be traded is Bledsoe based because of that contract. And if a team of the point guards and if a team, say the Kings or something, wanted to like shed salary next year just because they suck, um, you would trade for a guy who isn't fully guaranteed for his deal. Um, yeah. And who can contribute to fun basketball i guess for kings fans to watch but i think i think we should stay pat and someone on the last segment brought up they were like we have no idea who's even available for trade like things are so wonky it's like we don't even know it's gonna be a weird year it's gonna be a weird trade deadline yeah absolutely um any other notes on the eternal clippers point guard no i just feel like it's a fun journey i feel it took it was a weird journey i i mean other than the rondo move though i feel like everything has kind of gotten to where it needed to be. Yes. It's like the logical conclusion. And we've seen it 
in games like and it has been sporadic and it hasn't all necessarily been put together at the same time yeah but we we've seen that these pieces do work and can work in the system so yes i, I also I think wanna, that that is reassuring i want to give an honorable mention to when past point guards when they tried to run terrence Mann at point guard which if doc would have remained the coach i don't think terrence Mann is in the league anymore or definitely not yeah, on the clippers if they had him yeah. at point they ruined fee's career <laughs> um All right, coming up, we are going to be talking uh, Xavier Moon back with the clips, just as we wanted on yesterday's episode. And then just, you know, unsurprisingly, uh, some top five most games missed by injured player stats. But first, Will, Built Bars. People are talking about them. What are they? Look, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. You know, we talk about it all the time. But you might not know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors. There's truly something for everyone. It's cool. When you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Bilt Bar flavors, you're missing out. They got coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. Wow. Ooh, yummy. You want to know what my favorite flavor is? Is it a raspberry? Raspberry? Yes, yeah. it is. It is. It's great. Uh, if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box. We'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Look, I'm going on and on about the taste and the flavors, but not only are these bars the best tasting, they're also healthy. Check out these macros. Each bar has 17 to 18 grams protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams sugar, and only four to five grams net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Uh, and Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, which is pretty neat. Mm. And right now, we have a very special offer for our listeners. If you go to Built.com and use promo code Locked On, you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code Locked On for 15% off at Built.com. All right, now that we've talked about the best tasting protein bars, where is the best place to bet online? Funny you should mention it. It's right in the name. It's betonline.ag. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season, done. Might not be coming back ever. Uh, But the NBA is back in full swish, as well as the NHL uh, and, you know, all your UFC MMA action. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams limp to the all-star break. Head to the website. Use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. One more time, that's promo code locked on. Okay, so we're back with shavings. This is just kind of where we wrap up everything else going on around the league, around the Clipper sphere. And biggest news: uh, Xavier Moon is back on another ten-day hardship yeah. deal with the Clippers. Couldn't have come at a better time after you know his best performance as a, as a Clipper. It's nice to see him get rewarded for you know how he's been able to step up in the most unsure of times. Yeah, I mean, you t- we talk about it. This is the this is one of the positives of this scenario is seeing guys like this come in um, and you know show what they can do at the professional level. Um, I'm really excited to see him play more. He's fun to watch, which is great. Smallest guy on the court, but plays you know gigantic, um, which is cool. This had me thinking: Is it weird the Clippers hasn't signed any emergency bigs during it? Like. It is like um, we have no it, idea when Hartenstein's coming back. Surge is getting, you know, outplayed by Justice Winslow at the five. Like Zoo's hurt or not hurt? Excuse me, he's in hasp. Like it seems like they could have signed a big. Maybe. Yeah, I, I think that that's reasonable. I think that they feel confident about. Uh, uh, I mean, for sure, Zoo, Zoo's timeline. Mm-hmm. And, you know, barring any like 
you know, terrible hey, knock and, on wood, and adverse, yeah. <laughs> adverse effects or anything. I think you feel comfortable with that timeline. You have surge. I mean, like, and you know, the, the hope is that, you know, the defense can be better. He did have, you know, he has looked better offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I'm hoping, and this is just like a hope, this is based on absolutely nothing <laughs> that also not adding another big to the roster, um, is a sign of good faith that we will be oh. seeing. Or Isaiah, Isaiah rather, Hartenstein back in the lineup sooner rather than later. But as I said, I mean that's based on nothing. I got like I got like a week before I get super worried about Hartenstein's availability. <laughs> like I got about seven more days. But if we don't have any updates, of just like all right, I guess I'm hoping that he's just upgraded to uh, to questionable for that that game against the Suns. Um, we'll see. Yeah, it is interesting. I also think like you know we need wing depth. We've had. You know, Batum's been out, like PG. Like, I mean, Xavier Moon obviously isn't a wing because he's smaller than a wing. Um, but yeah, I it just every time we have this discussion, it just makes me wish Amir was on a full contract and just part of this team and not on a two-way contract. Um, like absent, you yeah. know, service time aside, like the man deserves a full contract with this team. He's he's been amazing. And he's obviously a very much needed piece when we're down wing guys. Um Yeah, yeah. All right, moving on to some more kind of depressing news. Uh, from yesterday, we're looking at the NBA's top five most games missed by injured players list. And this list, this top five. Bad is list. This all- sounds like a bad <laughs> list. This list is all over the place in terms of records, in terms of team outlook. So number one, you have the Orlando Magic with 233 games missed by injured players. Their record, a... Uh, I don't know if scintillating is the right word. Seven and 31. One of the, one of the worst teams. Uh, number two, you have the team across the hall with 167 games missed. They are 19 and 19. The Clippers, 161 games missed. Also 19 and 19. And then the Miami Heat, 159 games missed. 23 and 15. Milwaukee Bucks, 145 games missed. 25 and 14. What jumps out at you with this list? Like, this is, it's truly just all over the place. I mean, the jump from the most amount of games missed by injured players to the second most is crazy. Yes, Uh, Orlando's hurting right now. Yeah, that is wild. I mean, no, you know, not, maybe not already a top-tier talent team to begin with, and then that many absences, that is just, that is some tough. That's some yeah. tough basketball. And to we watch barely beat them. Um, you know, with Milwaukee, I, I think it's been surprising what they've been able to do, but that group has a lot of continuity. Uh, so and that definitely makes sense. Yeah, yeah, Which definitely. Helps everything out. Um, the Heat one is crazy to me because it just shows how good of a coach Spo is. Yeah. Yeah, that one's definitely a standout. And then, I mean, it makes sense. The Lakers and the Clippers are both sort of five, are both five hundred teams. Mm-hmm. You know, in one hundred and sixty plus ish games missed by players. Yeah, uh, yeah, that that makes sense. What um, makes me happy about you know the the team across the hall versus our scenario is that they still had two max guys playing, <laughs> right? Like, could you imagine what the Clippers? vibe would be right now if pg and Kawhi were playing and we were 19 and 19 like that would be oh it'd be insane it'd be insane i think it would be a lot worse i think this team would be a lot i mean obviously be a lot better but like to see the lakers at 19 and 19 was still having 
two max guys on the court for a fair amount of the time in terms of, you know, like... Well, AD's been out. Yeah, true. Um, but just like the contract-wise, you just... That's got to turn your stomach if you're for some reason a fan of that team looking at next year. I mean, year. it's... <laughs> how is it not... Like, I talked about it in the first segment, but like, it should maybe be turning your stomach a little bit as a Clippers fan with... I mean, we're the third highest payroll in the league. Oh, uh, I'm at the other team. I'm at the team across the hall. Yeah, gotcha. Because they got $47 million, dude. Russell Westbrook. Yeah. <laughs> Unless yeah. he opts no, out. That's fair. Unless he opts out of that 47 mil, <laughs> they got to give him that other mil. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, I think, that's fair. I think the Clippers are going to be in this top three spot for, for a while, um, which is unfortunate. And, you know, I hope we can... Is this a 500 team if this many guys are out? Probably. Is it? I mean, I feel like 500 is optimistic. I feel like 500 is actually pretty good. <laughs> With this uh, roster? Being down the number of guys that we are. Are you, are you kidding me? Like, I, Someone was the, breaking down. Um, I got to find the tweet. Uh, they were just like, they just posted one of the lineups from last night in the fourth quarter. And it just like made me laugh. Because <laughs> it's like, it's like moon. Uh, you know, like Justice, like Amir, and like an act, just like five guys who you're like, man, we had to run that lineup out. This is no disrespect to those guys, but you look at who's hurt for the Clippers and all this stuff. It's just like, oh yeah, this is not, uh, this is not ideal in any way. Um, but yeah, I don't know, anything else rolling around in shavings? Yeah, I, I don't know. What, what I hopefully these <laughs> things improve a little bit. I I'm not that optimistic about them improving, to be perfectly honest, but. Hey, we're we're soldiering through it. We're soldiering through it. We're waiting on that reevaluation of PG's elbow. Everything's going to be great once we hear that. It's going to be awesome. Uh, knock on wood. Coming up on Thursday's episode, because like we said at the top of this, we come at you Monday through Friday. Thursday's episode, we're going to preview the potential shocking victory that the Clippers will have over the Phoenix Suns. That should be a good time. Uh, Thirsty Thursday, talking about what we want to see more of. And of course, whatever else happens between now and then Clipperland. Will, if someone asked you, where the heck does that dang old Clippers podcast come on? Where would you tell them that they could listen to it? Uh, you could check us out on Apple Podcasts or the podcast app on your mobile device. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. We're on Amazon Music. You can always tell your smart speaker to play Locked on Clippers. It works. It's great. If you haven't already, please leave a rating or review. Five stars over on iTunes or the podcast app. You can also leave reviews over on Spotify now. Yep. I want to see some reviews over there. Please help the show <laughs> out. Uh, and thank you guys so much for rocking with us. A lot of outs. A lot of outs for the Clippers, but we're still here. We're absolutely still here. I have been positive, Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. And as always, we appreciate you. <laughs>